Renegade Broadcasting. Hard-hitting talk radio. Welcome to the Solar Storm. This is your host, Kyle Hunt, coming to you June 13th, 2021. Thank you so much for joining me here at renegadebroadcasting.com. Please check out renegadetribune.com for a lot of great content, and also go on over to heathenherbs.com, where you can buy a lot of great products that are made right here, down in Florida, by Sinead and myself. I hope you all are having a good enough week and weekend. A lot going on. Not much has changed, but uh, there are some developments. Really, when I take a look at the situation today, especially regarding the so-called health of the nation, my mind is often drawn back to a cartoon from Der Sturmer, where a Jew is injecting poison, aka a vaccination, into the arm of a young child. It's titled The Vaccination, or at least this is the translation. And the German mother says, Seems strange to me, but nothing good ever comes from poison or Jews. Or maybe it's not the mother saying it, but that's the caption. And yes, I would agree. Nothing ever, nothing good ever comes from poison or Jews, and especially Jewish poison. That's what you've got to watch out for. And once upon a time, virus actually just meant poison. And that's what we're dealing with. We're being poisoned in so many different ways. And we have gone over many of the ways we have been poisoned. One of the most important, I would argue, is actually the psychological poisons that are put into people. All the media, that's a virus in itself. But of course, there are all of the endocrine disruptors and all the different pharmaceuticals and everything else that they put into this, let's say the tap water, even the toothpaste. Whatever they're pumping into the sky with the chemtrails, we are being poisoned. The Jew is the virus. I would say that for sure. Now, let's talk about some things uh, in terms of the world of politics really quickly here. Interesting little development is that torture has entered the courtroom. This is by Andrew P. Napolitano. For the first time in American history, a federal judge last week authorized the government to admit as evidence in a criminal case in a public courtroom words uttered by the defendant that were obtained under torture. Sounds pretty Jewish. That's what they did with Nuremberg, huh? 
The fruits of torture, which is any cruel or degrading or intentionally painful or disorienting behavior visited upon a person in captivity to induce compliance or to gratify the torturer, are not permitted in any court in the United States, and their inducement is criminal. And he goes over the backstory about Abd al-Rahim al-Nashiri, and because this guy was a member of the Taliban, and he was accused uh, with plotting... uh, the bombing of the USS Cole in 2000, people are just going to say, oh, he's one of those Muslims, don't worry about it. You know, he, okay, he was tortured, big deal. Rendered to some other country or and tortured by, by Americans. It's not a big deal. Well, actually, it really is a big deal because these Jews would like to see all of us tortured. And uh, they tell me all the time in the comments, about how they want to crush my testicles and do all sorts of different things to me. Have a group of black men hold me down while a Jew does X, Y, and Z. It's just disgusting. It's very Jewish. But here's the thing. These are not just idle threats. Look at what they did in the Soviet Union. Look at all of the torture and murder. Look at what happened with Hellstorm. If they get their way, and they're getting it, they will have us all tortured and murdered. So... That's one reason to do something. You don't want to see yourself and your family tortured and murdered? Well, maybe it's about time to just do a little bit more than consuming a little content online. Because they know who you are. Even if you're using ProtonMail, they know who you are. And if they don't like you, if they think that you're an enemy, they would gladly round you up, throw you in the Julog, and torture you to death. Maybe make you a slave for a little while. They might not need that anymore. All I'm saying is this is an important development uh, that has happened here. Pretty crazy. Now, there's been a shooting in Austin. And I don't know if this one's legitimate. I haven't had enough time to look into it enough. But uh, according to the, uh, the site Information Liberation... The Austin American Statesman on Saturday, which is a news outlet, refused to release police's description of an at-large black male mass shooting suspect because they said it could be harmful in perpetuating stereotypes. Just a minute here. Every single time it's a supposed white terrorist, white male terrorist, they talk about immediately how this is just another instance with a white of a white man with a gun going nuts, and that's why we need to disarm all these white evil people. But oh, if it's a black person, it could be harmful in perpetuating stereotypes. So we don't, we don't know what he lo- we're not going to say what he looked like. Yeah, we know we're not going to say it though. It's just ridiculous. The police described him as a slim black male with dreadlocks, and he escaped the scene. Could this be uh, part of a psyop? Sure. But it's very interesting that part of the PSYOP would be that we can't talk about uh, how this is a black man. That's just, it's going to provide stereotypes. Well, stereotypes exist for a reason. When a small percentage of the overall population commits over half of all the murders, a huge chunk of all the violent crimes in this country, yeah, I think maybe being a little wary around blacks might be warranted. Maybe having a, an opinion that some of them might be criminally oriented yeah, might serve a purpose, might be accurate. So anyway, that's, um, that's probably why you're not going to hear much about this shooting anymore because the guy's not a violent white supremacist. So 
let's turn to a uh, another story here about a man named Christopher Sign. We'll come back to the racial issues in just a little bit. He's a he's a TV anchor. I guess he used to be a uh, football player, American football, and he's dead at 45. And he wrote a Bill Clinton expose in 2016. So they're saying "Eh, it could be a suicide. But come on, how many people who have exposed the Clinton family have ended up dead? Just a coincidence. They're all just killing themselves. Victor Thorne, who I interviewed on my show, was, you know, one of the big people to really expose the Clinton crime family. And, oh, he committed suicide. When was that? Back in 2016? Something like that? Yeah, and oh, he just killed himself, even though he said he would never kill himself. I think Roger Stone had even credited Victor Thorne in his book on the Clintons because he just basically ripped off a bunch of Victor's work. And then it was a big, there was a big uproar because Roger Stone was thanking somebody who's a Holocaust denier, which Victor Thorne, of course, was because anybody with any sense to them would realize that the Holocaust is a bunch of nonsense. So yeah, that's something uh, something to to just give you a little bit of uh, a pause when you're when you're going to go exposing the Clintons. Could that be part of the psyop? Expose the Clintons, you end up dead. Maybe, or they probably just whacked them. And that's not going to stop somebody like me from talking about how both of the Clintons are very well connected to Jeffrey Epstein and have never been brought to justice. Even though Trump, of course, was having everybody chant about lock her up, lock her up. And then as soon as he got into office, they're they're very good people. I think they've suffered enough. Oh, no, they haven't. Hey, I thought we were allowed to torture people in America to gain confessions. Could the Clintons be tortured to gain some intel on uh, what they know about Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell? I mean, because Ghislaine was at uh, little Chelsea Clinton's wedding after, of course, the whole Epstein uh, conviction was had, the, you know, the sweetheart deal. So I'm just wondering, could, could that happen? Could, could they be tortured? No, no. Well, we can, all, we can all hope for the future, can't we? Anyway, it would be great to have some people, well, brought to justice. It'd be great to actually have an investigation by some serious authorities as to what is going on with all of these people in D.C. being connected to uh, child sex enslavement, child trafficking. That that would be great. But instead, all we hear about is, oh, white supremacists. Oh, the white supremacists are the greatest terror threat to the whole country. We gotta take a look at these white supremacists. They keep criticizing us for drinking baby blood and raping children. Ooh, you hear that? You hear that? Thor's getting a little angry. A little thunder going on. You know, it would be nice. It would be nice if the old gods were to uh, return to us and start protecting the people. I don't think that the spirit of Thor is dead. No, I think it actually terrifies them. I think that Thor is with us. I think that the eternal return is something that is very real. The eternal recurrence. The eternal eternal recurrence of Thor when the protection is needed the most. So yes, let us swing our hammers 
and take these people down. They aren't really even people, are they? These giants. Jotun. Juden, if you will. And let's just think about all of the, the giants. The media giants. Of course, you've got the political giants. And think about how many times these giants are referenced in popular culture. Remember the Titans, remember? Yeah, remember those Titans? All about racial integration and all that. And the Giants are a football team along with the Titans. Are the Giants really our friends? Well, I think that the Jotun are the Juden. And I think that they are scared of what might come in these days of Ragnarok. Twilight of the Gods. I think we've seen, perhaps, many Ragnaroks. I know I'm getting off this tangent as I hear the thunder, but we need rain. And that's one of the reasons Thor was seen as being such a protector of mankind. We needed the rain, especially before the days of advanced agriculture. And the lightning would bring, usher in the rain. So... Oh yeah, we need the rain, so please, Thor, keep striking that hammer hard. Well, yeah, I do think that um, perhaps World War II was an instance of Thor going up against the Midgard Serpent and both of them pretty much being fatally wounded. Communism did live on for a while longer. We're still seeing the vestiges of it, but uh, the Soviet Union did die. I mean, we are living under a communist system. Let's not get it, you know, let's not have any illusions here, even though they want to label it other things. But, uh, you know, the World Economic Forum and all their agendas and, you know, the UN agenda, this and that, it's all communism. But uh, the National Socialists died as well, right? They, the, so officially the Soviet Union died and the National Socialists died. But here's the thing, we're coming back. We're different. I think this time we're going to be stronger, bigger, faster. Lightning speed. Well, think about it. They had the Blitzkrieg, the Lightning War in World War II. Then you had Operation Barbarossa, which was the attack on the Soviet Union, which was the basically the, the stronghold of the international serpent, the world serpent. And uh, Barbarossa translates to Redbeard. Thor was the god of god with the red beard, despite the way they portray him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they've made him especially uh, the butt of the jokes recently. But Thor uh, is no joke. He was the most popular. Uh, we hear all about this Odinism, but why is nobody talking about Thor? Thor, the Thor's hammer was worn by so many people. Before, of course, the Christian cross took its place. People loved Thor. Odin was, in, in all honesty, a bit more of a Jewier god. The wandering who? And the wandering Odin? I'm not saying Odin is necessarily a Jew. I'm just saying there are some characteristics about Odin that are not too favorable. Uh, perhaps there are some characteristics about Thor as well. Uh, he did he did uh, have some some carnal relations with some giantesses, but he was part giant himself. Anyway, anyway, let's get off of the mythology for just a little bit. 
I, I just brought that up, of course, because I heard the lightning, but also because I want to give you hope that just because the enemies we face are bigger than us, oh, more, more giant than us. Oh, they have so many resources at their disposal. Does not mean that they cannot be brought down. That they cannot be cracked across the skull with Mjolnir and, and laid low. With righteous anger, we can do so much. We can fell these giants. We have before and we will again. That's why they're scared. That's why they have to censor small sites. That's why they have to take away our payment processing. That's why they have to resort to every single tactic possible to censor what is taking place. Because we've been recruiting an army for the wild hunt. We have so many people on our side now. Yeah, of course, the shills and the charlatans and the grifters are out there. And they're trying to steer the conversation. But there are so many people who are now aware of what is going on and they want to stop it. That's why so many people get kicked off of Twitter, off of YouTube, off of Facebook every single day. They've had purge after purge and yet they can't get a hold of the hate. No, it's not actually hatred. It's righteous anger that they're worried about. They're worried about being exposed, so they're rushing their plans out, trying to turn us all into cyborgs, injecting us with poisons, and rolling out their 5G and all their other crap. But it's going to be too little too late. They're going to be overwhelmed. They have to be. So... Let's talk about how uh, this Ibram X. Kendi is a little concerned that there's a pushback against the white genocide theory, critical race theory, as it's called. Yes, he says there's a concerted backlash. Oh, poor Ibram. And isn't that such a fitting name that this, uh, this idiot took, this, uh, this black man? What's his real name? Henry Rogers. He calls himself Ibram. Like Abraham, right? Kundakente. Kundakende. Okay, so this is from The Guardian. A whitewashing of history is underway in red state America. Republican officials are proposing numerous laws to ban school teachers from emphasizing the role of systemic racism in shaping the nation. And every reactionary backlash needs a scapegoat. Conservatives have settled on two prominent people of color to accuse of indoctrinating American children. Nicole Hannah-Jones, a journalist who oversaw the 1619 Project, and Ibrahim X. Kendi, author of the influential book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Kendi believes the movement is a concerted right-wing effort to reverse the racial awakening in America sparked a year ago by the police murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Hey, you want to talk about a real actual awakening, one that's grassroots, organic, that does not have anything to do with the mass media and all of their BS that these Jews are putting out? Let's talk about the racial awakening of the white man and woman who have realized that they are being targeted with genocide, who are being demonized at every single level. That's the real awakening. Okay, continuing. I do think there's a concerted backlash from people who recognize that this time last year, a growing number of Americans were either speaking out against racism, so heroic, or growing in awareness of the problem of racism, he told The Guardian via Zoom from Boston. 
That growing awareness has put a spotlight on certain policies and certain ideas and even certain people who have been facilitating systemic racism. And so those very people are like, how do we turn off the spotlight? How do we make the problem the people identifying us and our racism as the actual problem as opposed to racism itself? What the hell is this guy even jibber-jabbering about? He barely put sentences together. Anyway, want to talk about real systemic racism? How about how white people are completely discriminated against for any kind of job, for any kind of school they want to get into. Diversity quotas, all of that absolute racism. People being discriminated against simply because of the color of their skin. That's what they want. That's, that's what's going on. I just posted an article yesterday about how iHeartMedia is recruiting for a position, and they said basically no white people need apply. They came out later and said, well, actually, everybody uh, is, is, can apply, but you know, we're, we're going to especially encourage the non-white people. It's just ridiculous. This is taking place everywhere. White people are completely disenfranchised. There is systemic racism here, and it's against white people. But this is what Ibram wants. The 38-year-old academic reflects, it's been regular and constant in terms of personally being targeted in ways it's difficult for me to swallow, because oftentimes it's people completely misrepresenting me and my work. And the people who haven't read my work, who haven't seen me speak about what it means to be anti-racist, just then go along with what people are saying. Oh, I have no idea what that's like when I'm called a white supremacist, Nazi terrorist, Right? About a decade ago, he recalls a white nationalist conjured the phrase anti-racist is code word for anti-white and along with white supremacist organizations posted on billboards in white communities across the U.S. And they got taken down. Massive pressure was put on it. And basically, these billboard companies said, well, we're not going to take your money. And, and they don't mention the, uh, the Happy Goy billboard that went up in Silicon Valley, though. Of course not. And now you have people who claim they're not white nationalists arguing that those of us who are identifying and recognizing the existence of structural racism are actually saying that white people are inherently evil or bad or racist when that's not what we're saying. We're saying what's inherently bad is racism. Wait. Wait a minute. You are actually advocating for racism. It, it, I guess just racism against white people is fine, according to you. And yeah, guy, guy I know what it's like to have uh, your, your people and your history misrepresented. They lie about my people and my history every single day. And they make believe with your history. With your Wakanda BS and we was kings and all that. <laughs> anyway... It's just absolutely ridiculous when you really know what this guy is about. In his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, he says the only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. That means anti-white discrimination. The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. That's what we're seeing. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. They're going to discriminate against us until... The end of time if they get their way. So this guy was uh, recently given $10 million from Jack Dorsey to form an anti-racist seminar. And uh, he was on the front page of Amazon uh, because, I guess, the richest man in the world, supposedly. Jeff Bezos just is that much of a, an anti-racist and he wants, he thinks that this ra uh, racial reckoning is a great thing. Remember how we said that? 
And uh, this guy also gets paid $20,000 for a one-hour speech from public colleges. But he's a victim, right? He's the victim. And we're the problem. Man, if I can make $20,000 in an hour? Jeez. This is crazy, though. You can, you can be very rich being a successful anti-white. Pushing white genocide? Hey, big bucks are going to flow right to you. And they're usually actually the taxpayers' dollars. And white people are just getting poorer and poorer all over the place. It's just sickening. Absolutely sickening to see. I wanted to bring up uh, something I saw in Gab. Just about some lies about history here. And it starts off talking about how Chief Seattle was a Native American who owned eight slaves. Many Native Americans, also known as Amerindians, continued owning slaves on reservations after the 13th Amendment as federal jurisdiction did not apply. In fact, about 3% of Natives were slave owners. In 1860, about 1.4% of white Americans owned slaves, while 3,000 free blacks owned an estimated 20,000 slaves. This statement is entirely true, but PolitiFact will tell you it's false. The reason is one of the most clear examples of how fact-checkers lie. Instead of addressing the claim, they changed the claim from 1.4% of Americans owned slaves to 1.4% of American families in slave states. This is not just comically dishonest, it's a straight-up lie. They're pretending to say what is true is false by changing the claim. Claim. This is an example. Claim the average American bathtub could brew 42 gallons of tea. Rating false. Why? Measuring the average volume of teacup is far more useful. The average teacup sold at Walmart only holds 300 milliliters, according to our sources, significantly less than 42 gallons. <laughs> Politifact's insistence that family units in only slave-owning states is the better metric is irrelevant because it isn't a claim. A claim is 100% true. But they never once directly admit this in their article. They do this to inflate the numbers, mostly due to the children of slave owners who make up the majority population within households. They are literally lumping in children as slave owners. It also ignores the purpose of the fact, which is not about how many white families that could own slaves who did. It's about debunking the shared guilt ascribed to all white Americans today by the left. Uh, the Jews. In a time when leftists ugh, make... How about anti-whites? Let's just call them anti-whites, huh? Not leftists. In a time when... Because the right is completely anti-white as well. In a time when leftists make no distinction between those living in the North or South. Therefore, distinguishing between free and slave states is most certainly not the more objective way to look at the numbers when questioning the narrative of white guilt today. PolitiFact then attempts to minimize black slave owners while admitting the numbers are accurate by claiming black slave owners were more liberal. They excuse the fact that free blacks were far more likely to own slaves than whites by suggesting that they were simply purchasing slaves to give them a better life and a chance at freedom. Of course, there are recorded cases of plantations run by free blacks, and they present no evidence that black-owned plantations treated their slaves better or were more willing to allow slaves to purchase their freedom. A dubious claim as white slave owners are presumably the ones who sold them to blacks in the first place. Importation of slaves was banned uh, half a century prior. If freedom was the goal, they could have purchased and emancipated them. If they were opposed to slavery in principle, they wouldn't have been recording as, owned, as having owned slaves. Wait until you learn about the uh, North 
African slave trade, a hugely significant part of history in early 19th century American politics, public policy, and culture, and yet almost entirely absent from teachings on slavery. History is lying through admission. More white Europeans, including Americans, were sent to Africa to be slaves than black Africans were sent to what would become the United States during the entire transatlantic slave trade. Most of the slaves actually went to Brazil. That's why it's such a mixed-race population down there. Not by a small margin, either. By a multiple of four to five. Women were taken as sex slaves, with blue eyes fetching a premium, and continually replaced through the rape and sack of towns throughout the entire European Mediterranean coast. The conditions were vastly more brutal, with slaves only expected to live five years on average. The North African Islamic slave trade was depopulating entire European coastal towns during the same time period as plantation slavery was occurring in the U.S. Everyone sings to the shores of Tripoli and the U.S. Armed Forces' oldest battle hymn, but few people are taught the context of the times or whose freedom they were fighting for. The stories of escaped European slaves and books were written on the subject and they shocked the American public and helped shape public perception of slavery in the United States in the early 1800s, which not only led to the United States' first foreign conflict and establishment of a permanent navy, but probably had a major influence, influence on ending slavery in the U.S. Yes, guys, I've talked about the white slaves all the damn time. Was it just happening over there in Europe, North Africa? And also, you know, think about what happened when the Mongols evaded and all that. White people have been enslaved for so damn long. But it was happening here in the United States as well, with the Irish being enslaved. And it wasn't just the Irish, but yeah, there were white slaves. And they, they still exist, the descendants of these slaves on some of the islands in the Caribbean. They're called the Red Legs because they would get so burnt in the sun. They were worth less than black slaves. They couldn't work out in the, the bright sun as, as long as hard. And uh, they were... Uh, treated much worse than the blacks as well. It's just absolutely sick seeing what my people are forced to endure in terms of all this slavery that continues to this day where people have to work so damn hard not so that they can have children but so that Shaniqua can have children so that, uh, so that Diego can have children and bring them all here to the United States and it's going on at an incredible level now, especially under the Biden administration, it ramped up under the Trump administration. Now it's just ridiculous. I'm living in Florida where one out of four people is foreign born. They're, they're invading us. They've done it before. This does not end well unless we stand up for ourselves, people. I'm going to take a short break here and I'll bring in Sinead in just a moment. All white people are racist. So <laughs> I put this up because I really want any white person in the room to know up front that this is what we're dealing with, that it's not going to be this coddling of white tears and what that looks like. We're not going to discuss, oh, maybe some of us have worked it out. No, you're always going to be racist, actually. So even when you're on your path to trying to figure out how to be a better human being, um, because I believe that white people are born into not being human, like that actually instead of people of color and black folks being dehumanized, that actually everyone is dehumanized off rip within white supremacy, that y'all are born into a life to not be human and that's what y'all are taught to do, to be demons. So in this particular way, white people are all racist. So I just want y'all to know that up front. 
All right, welcome back. And now I have Sinead with me, and she's fiddling around on her computer. So I'm going to get to this story, and then I'll get her reaction from it. This is about a British charity that teaches its staff that white women who report rapes to the police are supporting white supremacy liars. and the harm of black people. <laughs> it's, it's just like To Kill a Mockingbird wow. all over again. Oh, yeah. But actually, that's a racist story about a white savior. So this is from the Telegraph. You've heard of Oxfam, right? Yeah, I have. What that, is it? That's the the charity. Oh, okay. They have they have some, it's they kind of run thrift stores over there in the UK. It's kind of like, um, kind of like the Salvation Army here, or like Goodwill, Goodwill okay. kind of like that. Okay. But I also think that they do a lot of international missions in in Africa and stuff like that. How nice! So an Oxfam, fam. Uh, staff training document says privileged white women are supporting the root causes of sexual violence by wanting bad men, in quotes, <laughs> imprisoned. Aww. In the wake of sex scandals that have rocked the charity, Oxfam has produced guidance which states that mainstream feminism centers on privileged white women and demands that bad men be fired or imprisoned. <laughs> yeah, the then I guess I am a fen- feminist. feminist, right? Because I want bad men to be imprisoned. Oh, feminists <laughs> just oh, want these want, rapists You don't want prison. to be raped every day? Jeez, freaking feminists. Accompanied by a cartoon of a crying white woman, it adds that this legitimizes criminal punishment, harming black and other marginalized people. I love how, by them even saying this, they're admitting that black men are the ones that are raping the white women. Like, they're basically yeah. saying that. Yeah. Like, we all know it's true, but okay, stop reporting it, okay? Because you're privileged. Karen. And you should be thanking Jamal for raping you and almost killing you. You should be it's thanking him on your knees. You just didn't yeah. want the enrichment, but it's going to be forced upon you. You should be getting down on one knee with a commie fist <sighs> in the air. Thank you so much. The charity was warned on Wednesday night that the document compiled by its LGBT network and seen by the Telegraph could breach equality laws as it suggests reporting rape is contemptible. <laughs> the four-week learning journey recommends that staff read Me Not You, The Trouble with Mainstream Feminism, a book by Allison Phipps, a professor of gender studies at the University of Sussex. Summarizing the book's central premise, the Oxfam document states that white feminists need to ask themselves whether they are causing harm when they fight sexual violence. This is, this. you know what, I hope that this drives more white women to our cause. Not that, you know, any of the voices really stick up for us, except for like a few. But um, where, where is there left to turn now, you know? Yeah. No, nowhere but, nowhere but N.S. Nowhere but Sinead. <laughs> it then links to Professor Phipps' Twitter account and a thread which summarizes the main themes of the book, including white feminist tears deploy white woundedness and the sympathy it generates to hide the harms we perpetuate through white supremacy. Oh my God, Naomi so Cunningham, a discrimination and employment law barrister, says what? the document... What? That's a title? Yeah. You course. can be a lawyer in discrimination? Mm-hmm. Uh, It says the document may breach the Equality Act, which bans harassment in the workplace on the basis of sex. The message seems to be that a woman who reports a rape or sexual assault to the police and presses charges is a contemptible white feminist, says Miss Cunningham. Yes, so true. I think any woman could make an arguable case that this has created or contributed to an intimidating, hostile, degrading, humiliating, or offensive environment. Yeah. Well, just think about how many women... Towards white people. And think about how many women who join the U.S. military get raped, and they're oh, told, by their don't, own, don't do anything. By you, their own friendly fire. Yeah. Their own boys and camera. And also, another 
another thing that's kind of similar to this is the Karen Act in San Francisco, where if you report a black yep. person, you're the one who get trim- criminally charged. Yes. Karen's. That's, uh, that's where we're at now. So, yeah. I mean, most uh, people that are raped, I won't even say just women, but most people in general who are raped do not press charges. So imagine... You know, we used to hear a little bit, you know, about bad guys going to jail here and there, few and far between, to have one little good story. But um, that's just, that's not going to even happen anymore. So I, I read an article earlier about how there was uh, basically admission or a testimony that was acquired under torture, a confession acquired under torture. Which that is was, always, you know, the right way to get a, the truth. That was admitted into a U.S. court recently. And it was from some guy in the, from 2000 who supposedly plotted the USS uh, Cole bombing. So it was an Afghanist, Afghani guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this was it's just kind of setting a precedent. And we know how much Jews and their lackeys love to torture. Yeah. Like they did in the Soviet Union and they did in Germany when they uh, the whole hellstorm was going on. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to bring up how in Afghanistan, when the U.S. went in to liberate them, of course, what they did was they liberated the poppy field so that the opium production mm-hmm. could get uh, yeah. could skyrocket had back the, up. The troops guarding the poppy fields, right? And also another Freedom thing, baby. another thing that was legalized, essentially decriminalized, was bakabazi. Yeah, um, pederasty. Mm-hmm. The dance, cultural pederasty. Dancing boys, where these boys well, yeah, they dress up. Dance, well, yeah, that's what that's the beginning. That's what it translates as the dancing yeah. boys right. or something like that. Yeah. They dress up uh, a little as effeminate. No, not exactly they put as females. On makeup, though. Yeah, they, they're feminine. So they're like pretty boys. Like yes. what Millennial Lowe's would yes. call his preferred uh, catch. Right. It kind of reminds me of a, a, a right. younger version of what uh, uh, Donald Trump and Roger Stone's mentor, Roy Cohn, yes, used like to go for. Yeah, like the Studio 54 boys. Yeah. With their exactly. little, like, their blush on. Yeah. They were still, like, you know, they had, like, man muscles. Yeah, but so they were very feminine. A much younger version that because these the pederasts, the Afghani pederasts, uh, and the U.S. pederast military. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they weren't interested in little girls. They wanted no, boys no, no. who were feminized. Yes, because girls boys. are inherently evil. So, right. You know. So that was that was brought back when the U.S. was over there, along with the we're opioid just spreading production. freedom to the world. You know, just spreading. Freedom. Sorry, there's a little baby, tiny a lizard. Little baby lizard. I put my foot down. I'm like thinking it's a piece of dirt. It's so tiny. You better get out of yeah. here because you're gonna dry up and die if you don't leave this this room. So, <laughs> so what we had actually, um, I forget what his name was, but the guy who was in charge of the operations over there was the guy who then came and was uh, the head of the Boy Scouts of America when oh, they brought yeah, in the whole nice. rainbow flag agenda. Beautiful, great. But, and that's not the only instance where you're you're letting these boys be preyed upon. And it's not just boys, but we have essentially decriminalized bakabazi here in the United yeah, States. And like this is something we've talked uh, Desmond. about. Desmond. Desmond is amazing. All these instances of these these boys dressing up, shaking their butts on the street, you know, in front of going grown to stri- men. basically strip clubs. Yeah, we're seeing this over Having and over. Grown men put dollars in there, um, but you know, but women though, I think we really need to stop focusing on this because women are the ones yeah. that are behind Bakabazi. I mean, it's it's so obvious. But you do have also little girls being trained in all of this with the drag Absolutely. queen shows. Yeah, where well, not even the drag queen because well, I was the girls say, aren't going uh, on. No, actually, there was the an dance inst- moms. No, there was an instance recently of this video that came out of these two blonde girls who are 
brought up on stage at some oh, nightclub yeah. show in California. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where they I were wearing that. the mask. I think they were girls. They yeah. could have just been boys dressed up because of the whole drag theme. Yeah. And then they were getting money from the adults. Disgusting. So they're being groomed to be strippers. But yeah, you're right. Let's think of toddlers and tiaras, the dance Or moms. just like my childhood. Like, who were my who were my idols? To, well, they weren't like mine, but who were the idols that we were given? Christina Aguilera, you know, Britney Spears with that infantile sexuality, you know, like the baby boys and like mm-hmm. all of that. Um, so the, now what do they have? I mean... Miley Cyrus. Um, well, remember Miley Cyrus's baby bottle video? Yes. And she's in a disturbing. diaper. Yeah. yeah. F me so you'll stop baby talking with the lyrics. To yes. That one. And we went through the, the article. Got very popular. Shared all over the place oh, about yeah. all the Jews who are so behind that. So many Jews got triggered. And yeah, what was that guy's name? Yoel something. Um, his name translated to like some tree or something like that. But he was the, the Jew behind the music video. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Jews were behind all of it. Every single aspect of it. I mean, when are they not? <laughs> of course, you got Miley with that Jew star on for forget whose birthday that was. No, was. it was someone's bat mitzvah. Bat mitzvah, something like that. Yeah, bat bar. These, these Jews are so freaking powerful that they can just get Miley Cyrus to throw in a Jew star and uh-huh. perform at their little child's bat yeah. mitzvah. Yeah. Well, she's just a slave. Just a slave. That poor girl has probably been Jews. so abused by her own father to start out with. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember those disgusting photo shoots of her and her father? It was like, posed like a couple. Mm -hmm. Like a couple would pose. It's absolutely disgusting. So yeah, this is what the the United States of America represents now. This is what the... This is what Washington, D.C. is pushing. It's basically Bakabazi worldwide. This is the agenda. Oh, I saw this headline today. Fifty Shades of Washington. Inside the underground kink scene dominating the U.S. Capitol where politicians tie up locals in the name of BDSM. Oh, that's great. There's so if this is what they're, freedom, if this okay. is what they're doing openly. Yeah, imagine what they're doing in soundproof rooms. Well, we don't need to imagine it. We already have yeah, the whole Franklin scandal. Yeah. The call boys at the White House and the Reagan administration. The whole Pizzagate scandal. And that's just the scandal. tip of the iceberg. That's just what we know about. The, yeah. the little limited hangout that we get from people like Ted Gunderson. Yeah. Or what was, you know, what was that site where Jamie Deluxe was getting all of his, like, drops from? Oh, the Hollywood one? Yeah, that to me just seems like another Q type of rabbit hole. Not that these things don't happen. I mean, they do. But it just seemed, like, way too specific and, like... It did well. Like, it did look know. like a Hollywood insider was spilling the beans on a lot of stuff because right, but they wouldn't be up. able to stay anonymous doing that. I don't know. It just I'm not saying that what was in those drops is false, but it just seemed a little too convenient mm-hmm. in my opinion. Well, I wanted to to bring up this uh, this little teaser trailer that you had uh, you had sent me from. Juice Stream Media. Oh, yeah. I think Josh or somebody posted that in the chat. <laughs> and you're like, oh, Juice saying, Stream Media, tell the truth. I don't know when, I don't know what the timestamp for uh, when they bring up the Nazis. Yeah. Because they're like, talking about central banking. <laughs> right? I was like, I think it's somewhere in the middle. Can you try and find that clip? And it literally, it just starts with, oy vey, it's the Nazis. Like, they're not much. wasting any time. Let's, let's just listen in a little bit. Okay. Let's turn up the headphones. Yeah. Okay. On July 31st, 1941, newspapers ran major headlines about the fresh discovery in U.S. banks of a $3 million fund, subsequently frozen, that was established by German industrialist Fritz Tyson. 
notorious by this point for his role in funding Hitler's rise from obscurity to power and for backing the Nazis through the end of 1938, at which time Tyson ostensibly dissented against prevailing views. Specifically, Tyson's yeah, that, account. I mean, that's pretty much there all you There you go. Need what was that? 30 seconds in. And anyways, it's the Nazis. The bankers are absolutely Nazis. They're not Jewish pedophiles. Oh, you okay? want to talk about central banking? You can't talk about central banking and usury without, without talking Hitler. about the Nazis and white supremacists yeah, and well, Aryans. Yeah, um, Grace, really kosher graceful, she told me to read that book, you know, about, like, Hitler being financed by the Rothschilds, and it's totally legit. Oh, and about how it was actually the Nazis behind uh, all the, everything we're seeing today with the whole vaccine yeah, pandemic thing. Yeah, it's the Gestapo, thing. actually, you guys. That's it's been not the, the communist That's been Bolsheviks. the agenda the whole time, is yeah. to, to label what's going on, the tyranny we're seeing here now, as Nazis. Nazis. That's why I, I get so frustrated and disillusioned with this whole thing, because, you know, oh, everybody's waking up to the new normal, and, you know, the scamdemic and everything and they're all protesting in the streets and yeah that's great that's wonderful i mean yes it's pretty obvious at this point you'd have to be really freaking stupid to still be going along with everything but um if they're blaming the nazis like it doesn't matter they can go yell until they're blue in the face in the streets they don't even know their enemy what is that quote by uh Sun Tzu or whatever about um well okay you have to know your enemy to even be able to so this just come basically sense. If you know yourself, you'll win some battles. If you know your enemy, you'll win some battles. But if you know yourself and your enemy, you know, and we victory will be assured or something. But we, if you if you don't know yourself and you don't know your enemy, you're definitely going to lose. Yeah. So I'd say we're, we're kind of there. Uh, people don't really know themselves as in their racial identity. They, they're not even thinking on those terms, even though the entire world is targeting us. <laughs> they're just trying to divide us. Yeah, we well, no, the, the whole HT, like, controlled opposition talking point with that. Well, is they that used to By that, identifying, right? at, oh, now he's like, white power. Now he's going to the opposite. But um, by identifying as white, we're just playing into the Jews' hands. Um, no. Oh, another one is. <laughs> no, I'm white. Just talking about the Jews, identifying them plays into their hands as well. Yes. You're giving them power. Yeah, you're giving them power. Oh, yeah, okay. It, it's just such a joke. There's there's some uh, there's some former renegaders who are taking that stance pretty much now, right? Oh yeah, I think so. Legend uh, Tabby. Yeah, Tabby Cat. yeah. They're gonna stop talking about the Oyves. I I get like a I get like bullet points once in a while from somebody who I guess takes the time to listen to all this stuff. <laughs> I don't know. They must have a lot of free time when they're working in the garden. Um, but yeah, I think it's basically like um, they're not gonna. They're only going to talk about, like, lighthearted stuff now. And I think they're, like, censoring speech. So, like, don't say the N-word and all that. And I don't, I don't know. Well, because if you say the N-word, what's going to happen? You're going to go to jail. Oh, that's that's what I wanted to talk about. The, I'm so glad that you... Remember there. there was another thing I couldn't remember? Okay. It was Jason so Cohen. So, it seems like a coordinated thing right now with a lot of these people that they're like, look... We're going to go to jail if we say uh, nigger, or we're going to go to jail if we say Jew. So, um, you know, I don't want to endanger my family. Like, guys, your family's already in danger. <laughs> you know, you're just in danger existing right now. Uh, there's a lot of hostile forces that want to see you destroyed. So, um, you know, Nazis. just cowering away <laughs> and not saying anything is not going to help. But I see it with, with Cohen, right? Jason Cohen. Yeah. He's like... 
Oh, I think I even, I think I, that was the clip that I wanted to play. Let me see if I can find it and I can somehow send it to you. Um, but it was, he was saying like, um, you're going to end up in jail. You're going to be destitute. You're not going to have a job. And if you want to, if you want to go with these other types, you know, basically outside of his white wellness or white well-being cult, like, you know, for isn't example, that, Renegade. Isn't that funny though? You got white, white wellness and white well-being. Yeah. Um, but basically like just stop talking about these things because we're all going to go to jail if we say these things. So don't resist, you know, just, just try and wake up other fellow white well-being people or wellness. Go free. Go free. Go free by policing your speech. Yeah, exactly. He's talking about going free by censoring your own speech. Let me see if I can find it. And where does it get him though? He gets to stay up on YouTube. He gets to stay up on YouTube. He gets to collect those, those, uh, those checks. Oh, here it is. Okay. Wait. And of course, Truth Stream Media gets to stay up on YouTube. Of course. I'm like, I'm seeing me talk about it here. Um, I don't know. You you go ahead and talk. <laughs> I'm trying to find the Jason Cohn thing. Okay. That I sent you. Well, Wait, we could play the Trisha Paytas. Yeah, I thought this was really well. interesting. Trisha Paytas is just an absolute, you know, degenerate. Um, but I thought this was very interesting. Now, I don't know if she's trolling because she's known as a troll. Like a lot of her content is just absolute trolling or just her playing like the dumb, fat, ditzy blonde, you know, that's like a whore. So can you explain who this is? Okay. Trisha Paytas is a YouTuber. I I don't even know why she's famous. She's just always done like stupid videos where she eats a bunch of unhealthy food and she's constantly doing like crash diets and they never work. And she's, I don't know. She's famous for some reason. So she's on a podcast with uh, H3. I I don't really know much about them. All I know is that they're Jewish. I think they're a husband and wife. And the wife was... I, I've seen pictures of her in, like, her IDF uniform. So they're Jews. Um, so now Trisha's getting hate because she was, she was dating this Jewish guy. And she was, like, all excited to be dating a Jew. And she's got, like, her Jewish, you know, like holiday celebrations with him and like she's wearing her jew sweaters and she's all about it and she's basically like i'm a jew now and so all these jews were getting mad at her they're like no you're not you're not a jew and so basically uh she was saying no i want to be a jew because you guys are like the upper echelon of society and you have privilege and so she's getting all this backlash because she likes jews too much (laughs) and wants to be one like you can't you can't like them that much okay you can either like them a little bit <laughs> or not at all. So I just thought this was interesting. We should let it play. Can you um, thank them profusely? I did find that Jason Cohn clip. Oh, and you found the timestamp? Yeah. So let's, we'll, we'll play the Trisha Paytas first, just because you just introduced that. Okay. And then I'll play the, uh, the Jason Cohen. Okay, cool. He tricked me. I thought he was a full Jew. And then he's like, I actually, well, my mom's only Jewish. I'm like, ah, that's full Jew. Okay. But his dad's like Catholic. I so want, you, you want Jewish purity. I need, Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get. You gotta to. stop, bro. It's weird how you fetishize it's Jewish people. It's not fetishizing. It's it wanting totally to be is. in the upper echelon of the world. I want a upper free trip echelon. to Israel. Yeah. What does it have to do with? What because is- you guys get privileges, like getting a free trip to Israel. I would love a free trip to Israel. How come I don't get that? Well, I'm sure you have other privilege. Like, how about not getting coins tossed at your feet and being called "pick it up, dirty Jew"? You know what? People have tossed bacon at me and said, "Eat it, pig." No, well, that's because you're fat. Well, whatever. But that's not okay, dude. It's weird. Why? 
Because I like Jewish people? Well, because, you, no, that? because you don't understand. Jewish No, because people. you don't. So that was the Trisha Paytas clip. Yeah, I guess you, you just can't, can't please them. I love the part where he's like, yeah, well, you don't know what it's like to have coins thrown at your feet. And people say, pick it up, dirty Jew. I mean, that's hilarious. That would be funny if that really did happen. And it, even if that did in a world where, you know, say you're you're a Jew and you're walking down the street and someone throws coins at your feet, like, oh, oh my God, that's horrible. Someone threw money at you? <laughs> Are you traumatized, Shlomo? That's so scary. They're like, here, pick up this money. That's what she's saying. You guys are privileged. People throw money at you <laughs> wherever you go. And you get free trips to Israel. I love how he just remained silent. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, well, that's because you're fat. Like, she is fat. And so is he. Oh, he's so, disgusting. He's, so he looks like baked Alaska. Yeah. These guys all have the same look. I mean, I know they're all they're all chosen, so I have the chosen look. But I swear, they're like made in a lab. <laughs> the same sperm donor or something. Yeah, speaking of made in a lab, I feel like Jason Jason Cohen. I think he's a cyborg. He's weird. <laughs> His White weird, wellness. <laughs> His weird cult. His yeah. People, I, how am I a cult? I'm telling you all to go free. Yeah. And the way that he's talking is like he's a priest. Well, yeah. A cult leader. That's what priests so, are. But he's like, I'm extending a hand to you right now. This is your last chance. It's like a contrepreneur, you know, like. Like, limited availability. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only get free now. And then I love how, at some point, I don't know if it was in this stream, he was saying, um, you know, I'm only going to answer the questions. I'm going to give long answers to the questions for the people that donate to me. But the people that don't don't donate, I'm probably not going to answer your question, or I'll just give you a yes or no answer. So ask me simple questions yeah. if you didn't pay. And if you gave me some checks, then you can ask me a long question. <laughs> That's nice of him. For my 10-hour stream. Yeah, I'm a, sure Jason has so many other better things to do. This yeah. stream with guest Lauren Witzke was over four was hours a long. Former uh, Mexican drug cartel trafficker. Yeah. And heroin and crack addict. But now she's like seen the light. She loves Jesus. And she's part of the, the gay old pedophile party now. And her and uh, Jewish sodomite pederast Milo Yiannopoulos... They do a little show together on True News, which I guess True News is filmed in Florida. Yeah. I didn't know that. Vero Beach, I think. Oh, that's so based. So based. Stormfront is run out of Palm Beach. Well, that's because they're probably Jews. Palm Beach is like super rich. Right? Isn't yeah, that? Like Don West Black. Palm and Palm Beach. That's where he's probably a Don Jew. Black is one of the ultimate grifters. Oh, yeah. And, and, and fed Jew. agents. Yeah, well, we know about Operation Red Dog. Right, David him and Duke. David Duke. Yeah. And Don didn't get... He didn't see any jail time, I don't think. Probably not. And if he's living in West Palm or Palm Beach, yeah. I doubt he's living in, like, the crappy houses that we've seen when we're there. (laughs) All right, so let's play this clip from Jason Cohen. And this is from uh, the March 21st live stream here. And what means do they use to determine whether or not you go on the lists that we have been talking to you about since last decade? The words you use. And the words you use are based on the story you are in. And again, I offer my hand to you. If you have not gone free, you are going to go to jail. You are going to lose your right to travel. You are going to lose your right to self-defense. It's not a matter of whether or not the anti-whites in in, uh, the regime's media 
are going to always conflate you with something objectionable in their story. Now it is a matter, and it has been since I've been telling you now and warning and now kept so many out of jail and, and other consequences, maybe even worse than jail. It is a matter of the courtroom. It is a matter of the intelligence community of the United States of America, the most powerful intelligence community planet Earth has ever known, determining whether or not you are going to end up on their list to lose your rights, to end up in prison. And trust me, they need bodies to compose the anti-white narratives, villain army that they have been saying is ever-growing, is ever-present, is ever-harming non-white people. And those agents, especially in the FBI, will happily condemn you to get their promotion, prevent themselves from being fired, whatever it might be. Are we unmuted? Okay, first of all, he was not here a decade ago. Like, is anybody even going to question that? This dude popped up, what, like three years ago or something during the Trump campaign or however long ago? And he's like, I've been telling you guys this for a decade. No, dude. No, you haven't. Um, but yeah, there you go, guys. Um, go you need free to go or go free to jail. Now. Go free or go to jail. Like, how are... Oh, it's just crazy. But it's just amazing, the mental gymnastics and the and the shillery that they, that they do to try and get you to not name the Jew. I mean, it's... Bravo, yeah. Shlomo. Bravo. <laughs> it's really interesting. So but A lot of people fall for it. So... There was the the host over on Sledge's network with Tabitha, who I guess was saying the N-word too much. Oh, yeah, and yeah. He, and he was He crying. was asked to basically leave, I guess. And he was then crying, well, they, they were right, because if, yeah. if I say it, I'm going to be arrested, uh-huh. and my family is going to be... Like, yep. It's so. like, how, I wouldn't be able to, to see my family if I keep saying the N-word. Oh, yeah, because there's no such thing as a First Amendment in the United States. Listen, if you can't speak freely, then you're not free. You're, you're not a free. slave. Right, and that's what... You can't go free to. by being a slave. No, but see, if you're a good, if you're a good boy and you, and you don't say any of the meanie, meanie words, you're, gonna, you're not going to get on that list with the intelligence agencies of the United States as if, like that's the only intelligence agency that works against us. Like it's all of them, especially the Mossad because the Mossad controls all of them. Now, all of them are against us. It's not just the United States. He's trying to make it seem so powerful that you could never possibly never ever know. And he's part of it. He looks like it. Just looking at him, listening to him talk. Glowing. I am extending my hand to you, but wait, there's more. If you join white wellness right now, I'll give you my shitty book. For only $50. <laughs> I've got like 10 of my shitty books up on Amazon. You can still buy them. So go ahead and buy my overpriced crappy books. Yay. All right. Well, anything else you wanted to discuss here? Um, was there something else? I've just got one thing I wanted to mention. How I want to get rid of Trash World. So yeah. basically, I if I was dictator, if we, if we had... If we've ruled as king and queen... Sinead. There are many things I'd do. Child rapists, they get the death penalty. That's one Volcano. thing. Yeah. There, I mean, there, we get rid of usury. But another thing I would do is I would eliminate trash. Okay? Yeah, trash would be made illegal. So basically, my, my decree would be that every single piece of packaging 
would have to be compostable. And it's not hard to do. All of these things already exist. The, the compostable plastic, the compo- compostable paper. I mean, it's already is compostable. The only reason it isn't now is because Everything so many dyes and, be and plastics get added to it. Yeah. So every single thing we have right now could be replaced and actually at a low cost, maybe not the cheapest cost, of course, but at a low cost. And so that every single thing that you throw out could either be thrown in your compost or just get thrown into a giant compost pile, which would be what the new landfills are, Mm -hmm. where they just create soil. It could be done. It would be. It should be done. So simple. Yeah. I just think about even us, where we don't have that huge, we don't have a huge amount of trash. But we still generate so much trash Plastic. that just sits around forever. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Yeah, I hate it. It's trash world. It's awful. And I it's know, Wally world. You know, you can go zero waste and all that. It's like, it's impossible. To, I mean, yeah, I appreciate the effort that people take, like the small little things. Like, instead of buying saran wrap, use cling, you know, beeswax cling wrap or whatever. Um, stop drinking out of water bottles and get a refillable one. But there are some things you just can't avoid. I mean, even if you're doing the whole zero waste thing, the minute you go and pump gas, I mean, there's a lot of plastics that have gone into just getting that there or in the production process. So, you know, it needs to be like an entire overhaul of everything. And plastics can be can be useful. Plastics are wonderful. It's just the way that they're made right now, uh, you know, is not good. And but you can make them out of hemp and corn and all kinds of stuff. And Sh- also the, sugar cane. the cheap Chinese crap and the planned obsolescence yeah. where oh, these plastic so products only last a year before they break. Oh, if, if that. If that. Oh, a year is generous, honestly. Like, it's so frustrating. Especially cri- white Christmas lights, man. What the hell? Mm. Those things do not last. We use them a lot in our house as lighting because I don't like bright lights. I like to have some chill lighting. Except for when she complains about not having any light to see anything in the house. <laughs> Why don't we have any damn light in this house? Well, that's when I turn on every single light in the house and it's still for freaking dark when i'm trying to do something it's annoying but if i'm like just at night hanging out i don't want a bunch of lights on but yeah so that's why he got me a little what did you get me like a little headlamp i got you some headlamps like, where's this headlamp stop stop bitching. it's useful when you need to do something yeah except our son light. stole all of them and he's got Lose them all batteries, like breaks them boarded in his room yeah so i would get rid of trash that's one thing i would do as dictator for life um yeah I would also, um, I'm just going to chime in here. If I was dictatress, dictatress, dictator, if I was that, then I would repurpose all of the fast food into like awesome uh, plant-based, you know, not just like Beyond Burger. Impossible Whopper. No, not that. Like real fresh veggie burgers that are made there by hand and like baked, uh, baked fries, sourdough. We can open... I know we've talked about this before, and somebody that's rich needs to just take my idea because I don't know if I'll ever have the money to do it, but nonsense. That is my idea. No, that was not your idea. Well, we both came up with it together. Who makes the non? Yeah, but we, we came up Who with came this up together. Don't try to take all the freaking credit here, okay? Nonsense would be, like, you make non uh, fresh because it takes about, what, two, two minutes, minutes? Two minutes total to get both sides of the non. And then you could either do, like... You know, falafel in it, any kind of toppings. Somebody's um, gonna steal this right out from underneath. Salad bar as well. There was a place in New York City called Mao's or Moe's. It wasn't like Mao, the communist dictator guy. It was M A O Z. Probably a freaking Jewish company for all I know. I don't know. There was a chain of them all over 
That was the best place. You could go and get your pita, you know, in our case it would be naan because naan is just way better. And then you'd pick whatever you want in it, like yeah. grilled vegetables or falafel. And then you have your choice of all of these different toppings, like fresh vegetables, sauces, chickpea salad. Like, oh, I, oh. I could eat like that every day. I well, love yeah. that kind of food. And I think if people actually had the options, they would start They would start love going using... and doing that instead right. of getting like greasy but hamburgers. But they also fries. all, they're, they're addicted to the crap that yeah. they see. They drive by the McDonald's arches and it something goes on something. inside of them yeah. that makes them crave it. That reminds me of those really bad Burger King commercials we were watching. Remember that yeah. guy? Some YouTuber. They were like trying to make it seem as if these were real people, you know, with hidden cameras. And mm-hmm. the guy's like, wow, these vegetables taste so good. Like they were freshly cut. And that's like what it says yeah. before in the ad. So I would... I would definitely be on board with your plan of getting rid of this terrible fast food, but repurpose. I would also put in five and ten year plans to get rid of uh, meat and dairy from the diet of people. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's right, guys. People people might hate me. It was Hitler's plan. He was saying that the future would be vegetarian. Let's just go all the way. It's not like we're going to be king or queen anytime (laughs) soon. Really hate us, yeah. Right? Or are we? Or are. That would be pretty Remember, damn sweet. Who, Hell no, actually. I don't want to be in charge of everything. That would be stressful. Oh, there would be the Damocles They'd sword They'd all be trying to kill us, head. too. That's a sword of Damocles. Uh, when you're king and the, the sword's hanging right over your head. Yeah. It's an invisible sword that's always well, right, yeah, waiting to drop. Well, yeah, someone's always trying to freaking kill you. Especially so, if you're trying to do the right thing. Well, I, would, I mean... It's kind it's of the way. Like yeah, that it's kind right of like that. It's just we don't have like the pressure of like, like leading people on our shoulders. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that that would be the way to go. Uh, Hitler saw that as the future. He was just preve- no. He liked liver. He was prevented from from books, putting these plans in action because of World War Two. That was, yeah. I mean, that was really what stopped not only the plan for vegetarianism, but also all sorts of other architectural visions and everything. Mm-hmm. So without the Jews uh, bringing us down, we could create such an amazing world quickly too the national social all about organic farming mm-hmm. all about uh, animal rights and everything and beautiful architecture of course the jews win and we go the opposite like, oh, direction. we're just gonna firebomb all that and, because we don't like it and here's here's a jewish tranny twerking on your children yeah for you're eternity. welcome you're welcome the future is a jewish tranny twerking on your family yeah <laughs> into eternity that's it yeah that's it all right well that's all i've got yeah. How about Heathen Herbs? People should go yeah. there. Buy some stuff. Yes. Check out HeathenHerbs.com. We've got lots of great stuff. We've got bars of soap. Our um, sunscreen is on sale. Our sunscreen is awesome. It's also safe for little children. Um, it's not. It doesn't have anything that's going to sting the eyes. So, yeah. It's safe for all ages. It's very natural. I use non-nano zinc oxide. And cocoa butter, coconut oil, beeswax, and a little vitamin E and sandalwood essential oil. So that's, approved uh, for white boy summer. It's very much approved for white boy summer. <laughs> Kyle has uh, has used it and it's worked on his fair skin. No more white boy sunburns for me. No, no. So yeah, that's I, I have it on sale for two dollars off. Um, ah, you just kicked something. I will have regular shampoo bars up soon. I just want to move these ugly ones because, you know, they only last so long on the shelves. I don't want to make a bunch and then have them sitting around for you guys. So, 
Yep, um, iodine, magnesium, our magnesium butter recipe now is like, oh, it's so much better, honestly. The other, the other one was good, but the way that this new cocoa butter is working, it's so creamy and awesome. It just, it feels, it feels like actual butter, not like whipped butter, not like just a cream. So yeah, check that out. Check our deodorants out. We have a spray deodorant and a roll-on deodorant. I also do custom orders if you are interested, like you want to do a gift basket for Father's Day or something, just hit me up. And I still do have the uh, gift baskets. So if someone wanted to just do the pre-made gift basket for Father's Day. Father's Day, huh? It is still, yeah, when is that, like two weeks or something? No, I don't know. But Later it's, this month. Uh, it's coming up, apparently. So yeah, check out Heathen Herbs. All Not right. Dumb. Well, thanks for being here, Sinead. And yep. thanks to the listeners for tuning in. We'll be back with you all again soon. Take care. Class white, the fed is head with.